This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard, and with me today, Nick Campton. Hello. Hello. Got my war paint on for this one. Absolutely. And to preview all things South Sydney, the pride of the league, oldest, loudest, proudest, the grand old club, etc., etc., is uh, former Sydney Morning Herald Rugby League writer and now media gun for hire, Phil Lutton. Hello. Hello, Matty. Hey, Camper. Thanks for having me back, boys. Just I count down. I literally count down till this moment every year. Just to gibber on about South for half an hour. It's truly great. And I knew you'd have the 89 Smiths Crips jersey on and you have not let me down. It looks fantastic, as always. It, I honestly reckon it'd be top five all-time jerseys of any club. Yeah, and I'd I agree. Challenge you, I'd challenge you. Well, I'm not biased, Phil, but I think it's a very handsome opinion. So yeah, I, got it to, yeah, I don't even yeah. think it's in the top five South jerseys. I don't. I don't I'm not wild. Cut him off. I'm not wild <laughs> about the red on the top of the shoulders. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah, that's not. Oh. I, I, it's not for me. I don't think it works. Wow. How do you? How the do man, you cover up the man never had a Smith's know, crisp in his life. He was raised in a Pringles <laughs> family, <laughs> and it's showing. His jealousy is shining we a, through. We were a Doritos house, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and we still are. God damn it! Oh, Campo's uh, probably got the Broncos Harlequin jersey in the cupboard. I reckon. Mm. Parades around. No, no, him no, that's, that's, that's that's Mitch. That's the old guy. I got Woodges. I got Video Easy. I got Campbell. Video Easy is iconic. I will give you that. But yeah, yeah. I would rate this along. I would rate that in this sort of ilk of jersey, the Video Easy. Okay. Oh, it, it, to be any anything from uh, anything from late eighties okay. invariably works. Correct. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So it's a great jersey. I'm just warning you. Up. Phil, first question: um, The South Sydney preseason seems to have the momentum of a runaway freight train. Why are we so popular? <laughs> well, what's not to like about South? I mean, mm. I always think I'm always shocked when I talk to people and they they hate South. I'm I like, agree. I can't believe it. Like, what's not to like about the Rabbitohs? You know, kicked out of the league, the pride of the league when South are healthy, rugby league's healthy. Correct. All that stuff's true. So, Great point. Yeah, yeah, and and that's it. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next year. Yeah, um, yeah. You had a, a two season spell. Two season spell. Quarter of a century ago. Move on. Move on. Move Everyone on. else has. Everyone else has. You, know, you don't move on. You guys should you as can't. well. You can't. Those those, those years, 2000, hey, 2001, hey, the best years of my right life. Here. That lives right here, <laughs> that little moment. That yep. was two years of my office tipping comp where I couldn't can, could tip no one, could support <laughs> no one. Yep. I didn't know what to do. Anyway. When, Although, when, they, when they handed out the forms for you to put your tips in, did you symbolically tear it up to show them that you were done with with rugby yeah, league until before games just <laughs> except for those two weekends where we played the usa tomahawks and the murdy parky warriors you tip <laughs> you tip south correctly those weeks lost both games but what can you do nathan merritt played in those games you wouldn't read about it well you would in fact but... i don't know how you guys approach footy tipping but i have never not tipped south I tip yeah south i was the same i don't do tipping anymore because i find it boring because i'd just rather go for the team i hate less like, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And like, and if you're trying to win a tipping comp, that means you're tipping the Roosters and the Storm. And when the Bulldogs were good, the Bulldogs every week. And it's just like, I don't want to go for these teams. I hope they lose. Well, so, I've dabbled. I dabbled with just picking Canberra every week. Mm. And then I dabbled with like emotional hedge as well. Like I'll tip so against them. Never picking them. them. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I'll tip against them. And if they lose, at least I'll profit from it. And if they win, I don't give a shit that I got the tip wrong. Yep, and neither mm-hmm. sort of way has kind of landed for me. So now I've settled on my thing where I tip them when I think they're going to win. I tip against them when I think they're going to lose. But there's like four times a season where 
the odds are totally against him, and that's when I'm at my most confident. Yeah, like and when sometimes, you... sometimes it works. Like oh. last year when I made a shitload of money on him winning 13 plus against the Sharks at Magic Round. You and did. Sometimes that is true. It doesn't. The year before, when you blew where, up your Coltrane campaign by picking the yeah, where I cost myself the Coltrane Cup because I picked Canberra against some up and coming team. Penrith, I think they yeah. were called. I don't know. I, I'd not heard of them. Then, like, didn't lose another I've game. never heard of them since. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So it's one of those. I just like sort of ride the emotional highs yeah. and lows and hope that it doesn't send me to a mental institution right. someday. So we, we have started this off somewhat flippantly, but let's, let's, let's be serious with Seattle for a second, Phil. I, I think you can make the case that they probably are not, I, I, maybe frustrating is not the right, right word, but I certainly have been frustrated supporting them over the last five or six years, just purely because when you are a bad team, or an inconsistent team, and you just kind of potter along throughout the season. You you take the good results when they come. When they don't, you're like kind of those like ah oh, whatever. But when you're a good team and you get really really close every single year, and you lose prelims or grand finals in heartbreaking circumstances every single year, it it just gets unbearable. So what can they? What what is going to change this year, Phil? Tell me it's going to be okay. Yeah, I think it will. I grapple with that too, but then I sort of think. I love having a team around this time of year. You know, That's I watch true. everyone else's teams and, you know, you go for that, you go for that ride, but you, you're right. It's frustrating, especially when you see grand final like last year too. You mm-hmm. think, you know, we match up, we, as in I play for South a bit, you know, obviously. So I'll say we, you know, you think the, the matchup's better. We're a better team. Why aren't we there? But what's happened this year is not so much South have value added a great deal. It's that there's been attrition on other teams. And that is the benefit of maybe having that long-term strategy and just making sure you keep your good players, keep surrounding with good players. Um, lost Reynolds, but I liked Elias last year. Um, I like what I think he can do this year. Um, so I don't think South have probably got any better, maybe. Mm. It'll be better if Latrell plays a lot more footy for a start and maybe you can kick around and make an appearance in a meaningful match towards the end of the year would be nice. Mm. Um, but I just think uh, I don't see that many other teams getting better. I don't see South getting any worse, but yeah, holy shit. That was some loud thunder. Um, uh, my that's, that's God's wrath. It really is. is. Yeah. yeah no, I, I agree, Phil, because you're right. We, we like, we just did the sharks one just before, before you came on and just like the sharks, we had very little squad turnover, but when you're a good team, when you, when, when they were what, you know, 43 minutes of competent football away from making the grand final last year. When you're a good team, you can just keep the guys you have and hope that everyone else gets a little bit worse. And the Roosters probably got a little bit better, but Parramatta definitely got worse. Penrith certainly got worse. Melbourne got worse. So you're right in the sense that South don't really need to change anything. They just need to make sure that what they did last year keeps working. And on top of that, they do need to hope that Lachlan Ilias can make a step up this year. Like, I I honestly, like, I agree with you. I think it's still too early to call this guy a bust. I mean, people were writing obituaries for his career after, like, one or two games, or certainly when he got subbed off in that game against the Dragons. But there were some moments where he played well. He played okay against the Roosters in that finals game. I thought he was pretty good against the Sharks in that finals game. He was, I think the best game he's had in first grade was that game late in the season when Souths beat the Storm and beating the Storm is hard to do when you're wearing a red and green jersey no matter who <laughs> no matter who no matter who no matter who's lining up in the purple jerseys at the other end it doesn't matter and he was fantastic in that game I thought so uh, Nick you were out there at Rabbitohs training today or yesterday I mean you asked a lot of those guys about Lachlan Ilias 
Uh, and obviously they're not going to say anything bad. They all told me last year that Jackson Paulo was going to be fine slotting in for Dane Gagai in the centers. And that didn't exactly work out, but um, what's the vibe like around him in particular and how, uh, how are they getting around him and how are they sort of justifying that it's going to be different? Well, by the time this comes out, I'll have written a story on Lachlan Ilias um, and, and on all this sort of thing. Cause I agree with you guys. I think if South Sydney are to take that final step, He's the one that has to get there because if you just look at the rest of the roster, it's all pretty fully formed. He's the one that that really has that 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 pressure on him to to be better, and he doesn't have to be heaps better. He doesn't have to be Nathan Cleary or Ben Hunt or anything like that. He just needs to he just needs to take a step. He needs to take a step forward. What really stood out to me talking to Ilias and talking to a lot of the other South guys is they all mentioned how much karma he seems this offseason how much more composed he seems, how much more comfortable he seems, you know, uh, calling for the ball down a short side or overcalling Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchells and, and stuff like that. And I guess that's the sort of thing that only happens when you have more time playing together. And that's the sort of thing that only happens when you have more time in first grade. The The thing that worries me about Lachlan Ilias, and I agree it is, it is still really early in his career and he's far from the play he'll end up becoming, I want to ask both of you guys this. What's Lachlan Elias good at? What's sort of really, what really, he, he he's, he's a good tackler. That's true. In terms of halfback stuff, what um, really stands out to you guys as something you want to see him build on this year? Because you guys obviously watch South closer than I do. I was having to think about this in the lead up to, to going out to the Rabbitohs today to ask the guys the questions. And I wasn't really sure what attributes of his game really stand out to me. I think he's a pretty solid all-rounder, but I struggle to think of anything that he really does exceptionally. Yeah. So as two proud <laughs> South Sydney men who marched in the streets with George Biggins. Absolutely did. Who personally bloodied the nose of Rupert Murdoch. That's true. Sell me on what Lachlan Elias has got, guys. Tell yeah. me, tell me well, what, tell me what he's got. Do you know what I think the best comp is, Nick, is... He doesn't need to be, and you're, he doesn't, as you said, he doesn't need to be Nathan Cleary or Ben Hunt. He can be Ben Hornby and Souths can win the competition. And that might be his ceiling. And when you have a fullback as good as Latrell Mitchell and a hooker as good as Damien Cook and a 5 as good as Cody Walker, if your halfback's just a good defender who can run the ball and kick occasionally, that's enough. That's pretty much going to do it. That's okay. Having 3.5 really good spine players is is more than enough to win a competition. So I'm not sure he does anything like at an elite level. I think as far as halfbacks go, he's one of the better defenders in the competition. I think his ball running is very good. Um, obviously, I want us to see him work on his kicking game more than anything else because that's something we obviously lacked without Adam Reynolds, especially forcing repeat sets. But yeah, I'm not expecting him to ever get to a level where he's regarded as like a Reynolds or Hunt or Cleary level player. I just need him to be an average, if not above average NRL halfback that just does some things pretty well, like defending and running the ball. And that to me is a recipe for success. Phil, I'm not sure if you feel the same way. Yeah, I, I kind of do. I, I'll sort of wind it back a bit. I think there's probably not many things harder for first year players than being a halfback in the NRL. Like it is, I think you're not going to have a tougher season with more scrutiny. People are happy to declare you a, a superstar or an absolute, you know, cooker after four games, you know, you're either a star or, or you're a bust. And I think Ilias had a bit of moments of probably no one calling him a star, but he had some good compliments last year. Plenty of people questioning him. 
Um, but I, I agree. What a, he, here's what he doesn't do well. He, he runs like a duck. He's got no sort of acceleration to, through through gaps. He's not especially creative. Um, and I think he has learned, though, what I really liked is he learned to play to his strengths. And I think the more comfortable you are in your skin and learning what, actually, I can do this pretty well at NRL level and I'm just going to do this for a while. I think I really like that, how we kind of settled into the season. So good ball runner, but what I really like about him is he's very tough. He takes it very, very deep into the line and he's willing willing to cop a hit. And I think in the South system, that's an excellent attribute for a player. Like he, the, the, the ability to really dig your teeth into the line and, and engage those defenders. And I think we're actually selling short defence because um, if you look at the problems teams have with halfbacks who struggle defence, and I'm talking probably Sam Walker, um, it, I mean, he's, he's a very game player, but teams run at him all night. They channel to other players have to step in. It changes systems. If you've got a very trustworthy edge defender in your halfback, that really, really frees up South to be an elite defensive team. Um, so I, 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 I think just do more of what we saw. Get in tight. Dig into the line, release your backline players, tackle hard, kick long, happy as. I understand. What you, I understand what you guys are talking about, right? But Bungo, you say that like he's only got to be a Van Hornby, you know what I mean? Or uh, for a more contemporary example, you can say he's only got to be a Chad Townsend yep. or something like that. You got to remember, Ben Hornby had been in first grade for ten years when when he when he played that role in that Dragons team. Chad Townsend had been in first grade for five years. So they had had time to do what Lutz is talking about and become comfortable in their own skin and understand their own strengths and how to play those strengths and how to just complement the guys around them and just make sure everything was working the way it was supposed to work. It's the sort of thing that a player learns after four or five years in first grade. It, it just seems to me to be a really big jump for Elias to, 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 to sort of go to that level. And the other th- the only other thing that really worries me about those South Sydney playmakers is the lack of an elite kicking game mm. because I can't remember the last time a team won a premiership without at least one guy in the spine who could kick like a fucking mule, you know? And like Trell's got an enormous boot on him, but he's not a tactical kicker. Cody Walker's really strong with his attacking kicking game. I wouldn't say he's a, a great yardage kicker though. It's not something that Cook does especially well either. So that's, those are the sorts of things that, yeah. that give me pause. But like we're saying, those are only, these are only the small things because Souths are, are, are pretty much there to bring it all the way back to what you guys are talking about, how they've been there or thereabouts for such a long time now. I think that's all you can do. All you can do is have your team sort of be in the mix and then just hope that it's one of those years where you get the breaks that you need to win a premiership. So maybe it can be done without an elite kicking game. I'm not sure. It's just not it, – it, it's something – it's a real sort of uh, a commonality in nearly all the all the premiership teams the last 25 years or so. So That's missing true. that is sort of and the thing that whilst, really gives me pause. Whilst Penrith have that with Nathan Cleary, they didn't need it in the grand final. They bullied Parramatta. They just steamrolled them. And we saw Souths do that to teams last year. They have the forward pack and the guys outside them, especially Trell, to just run over teams. And if you're making 55, 60 metres a set, which they can do to teams when they get on top, it's not as important as it once was. I, I would really disagree on that because if we just go back to the year before to that grand final, which has well, been, yeah, of course. You know, that's why I didn't mention that grand memory. final. Like, no, but, yeah. but, what? But, what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is, is you say it's not as important as it, as it once was. That's the reason the Panthers were able to win that game because of Cleary's kicking game. 
That's what you can. That's what can turn. Yeah, that's a, why I that's mentioned the twenty twenty two grand final where they didn't need the kicking yeah, game know, and they still I'm, won. But, but mate, what I'm saying is, it's the sort of thing that can turn a narrow loss into a narrow win. You know, because you're not like, yeah. get to that end of the season, you're not going to steamroll everyone. Penrith steamrolled Para, but Penrith last year one of the best teams ever. And South this year might be a premiership caliber team, but even even you guys would say, you know, it's not best team ever stuff. We're not I would imagine. Team, I would imagine. Cameron Murray will just do it because you know, they'll yeah, just well, simply well, say he he else. and then he'll become the best tactical kicker in the NRL just yeah. overnight because he's that he's that sort of guy. I follow him around quite closely, peer over his fence a <laughs> lot. Fair. So, um, you know, photograph him when he's outside his house. I'll, I'll probably just ask him or leave a note for him next time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. That is that is a weakness. South, um I don't know if they build their game around that. Is I think that is what he's trying to say. Um, mm. And if you don't have that guy, you, you can't build your game around that sort of kicking. I think the problem for South also last year is they lacked a bit out of yardage as well. And I think they need that. If, if you don't have a great long kicking and you lack a bit out of yardage, I think you're in a bit of trouble. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. So, so um, that's something they'll need the young guys to help out a lot this year and, and improve on that because we've seen Penrith demolish teams from their own 20-metre zone and they do it yeah. all the time. So I, I'm not suggesting that Souths are as good as that Penrith team was, but there is a blueprint to doing this, and, and we saw it in 2022. Um, the, the kicking thing is South's biggest weakness by a distance, but I don't think it is a death sentence in the way that it might have been 10 years ago. Just with the way the game is played now, how fast it is, how easy it is for a team to get on top and roll, like, honestly, 60, 65 metres down the field in a single set of six, which South do do to teams from time to time. And on the right day, they could just do that to a team in a finals game. We don't know. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I take the point. Like, the kicking game is the biggest concern. I just don't know if it, it... It could be the difference in a close game, but I don't think it's enough of a factor for me to be too worried about their prospects down the line. I, I think... Is there anything that would make you worry about their prospects down the line? Yes, Latrell Mitchell's, <laughs> Latrell Mitchell's availability is a huge concern. It, it, Absolutely, yeah. That's yeah. that's the number one thing. Yeah, and I agree. I was just about to say, we, we've got to talk about Latrell, not just because he's a big name, but um, the reality is he has not either not been there on the big stage for South or he has been shown up on the big stage for South mm. when the club has needed him to play his best football. So to me, you know, even go to the media, media, he has to have a career-defining year, I think, Latrell. He's mm. played great for New South Wales. He's played great for South. He's done all this stuff. But, you know, I think a lot of people were talking about, you know, you compare him to, say, Greg Inglis since the move to fullback. I'm convinced now he will. He's not as good as Greg Inglis. I don't think he'll be remembered as a player as good as Greg Inglis. Greg Inglis had seasons where he carried teams and just did everything all the time. But I think Latrell needs to play every game. He needs to be disciplined off the field. He needs to be ready for teams to run him around. Because if you look at the great fullbacks historically over the modern game, that don't look like Latrell. Let's say, let's say Greg Inglis is an outlier to that. But they're smaller, they're faster, they're tactically, tactically proficient, they're cleaning up kicks. Latrell got shown up in a lot of those areas last year. He mm. needs to, and South need to know, what are you bringing to the game? What are you doing for us at fullback? How do you impose yourself on this game and make your team better? 
that's the big question for him. It's and it's frustrating to me as well, dude, because the first two weeks of the finals, he did that. He was fantastic against the Roosters, great against the Sharks. But then it all came unraveled against Penrith. It started when he tried to throw that ridiculous like cutout ball on halfway when Souths was sort of storming. It was just after they'd made that break down the left. I don't know if you remember. Before yeah, yeah. it was still 12 nil at the time. And he tried to throw like a massive cutout ball to like one of the props who dropped it, and then Coruscant scored off the back of that set, and then the the, the unpleasantness happened just before half-time, and it was 12-all. And those were the kind of moments where I'm just like, I love Luttrell. I, I think he's a fantastic player, one of the most talented footballers I've ever seen. But it's that it's those moments where we need him to be better. And in those situations, you're up 12-0 in a game that no one is expecting you to win. You're getting every break go your way. Just maybe just hold on to it and take a tackle or something and get in position for a field goal attempt because it was pretty late in the half and he just tried to throw this ridiculous pass and everything went to shit after that. I think when you talk about like a Billy Slater or a Tedesco, they're probably the two, you know, the two real modern greats. They're not just slashing players. They're, they're problem solvers on the field. They solve problems on the fly. They see the way teams are playing. They adjust. I don't think Latrell's a great problem solver individually or for his team. I think he has to be a lot of, a lot smarter this year and adapt to the way teams want to play him. That's to me. We know he's physically gifted. He's a gifted player. I want to see him be a smarter footballer this year because South cannot win it if he's just going to. If, if plan A goes wrong for him like it did against Penrith, he didn't have a plan B, let alone a plan C. Mm. What do you reckon, Camp? I, oh, I completely agree with everything you got. You guys both said. I, and I think you've really nailed it there, Lutz, when you say he's not a problem solver. Uh, to, to me, the bit, the... The word that comes to mind when Latrell Mitchell plays is is bully, right? And I don't mean that to disparage him. He physically overpowers guys when he plays against them. You know what I mean? He's bigger. He's stronger. He's more explosive. So he just like sort of detonates on people, you know? But the other side of that is when it doesn't work, when he gets up against someone he can't physically overwhelm or he meets a problem that he can't solve by just blowing it out of the way, he can lose his way a little bit and he doesn't react to that well because it so very rarely happens. It's a foreign concept for him. There's a game that he, well, he, he was he was still a centre at the time and he was still at South, he was still at the Roosters even. But do you guys remember when Tonga beat Australia in that test a few years ago? Mm-hmm. And the Trill Mitchell was marking up on Connie Harrell, right? And the Trill Mitchell is a much better centre than Corey Harrell. He's a much better player than Connie Harrell. But he tried to physically overwhelm Connie and he couldn't do it because Connie Harrell's 120 kilograms of you know liquid steel and sex appeal like he couldn't he couldn't get over the top of him and it, you could tell it was it was just driving him crazy and the harder he tried the worse things got and he just had an absolute bludger that night a, a total shocker and I, a similar thing kind of happened in that prelim against the panthers last year i watched that game earlier today before i went out to south just to kind of get a just to sort of refresh my memory about how everything worked for him and all that he's at fault for five tries five tries <laughs> Like there's the Coruscant one where he races up at a defender for no reason. Yeah. He has a massive gap the Coruscant walks through. And then there's four tries in the second half where he's out of position on kicks, you know? And I think you're talking, Lutz, you said Teddy and 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 um, Slater were problem solvers. But I, I think the other thing is that they were dialed in on every single play all the time. And yeah. for, for all Trell's attacking brilliance and for as good a player as he is, he I don't think he's quite shown that same sort of play to play intensity, you know, and, and because he is, he is a bigger dude and he's not as sort of lean and sort of like whip it like as those guys, if you do move him around a lot, there is, there is a chance that there's going to be a point when he's not there. So 
I, I, I'm with you guys. I want to see Latrell take a big step forward this year. I want to see him, like you said, Lutz, place every single game. Because I actually thought as well, he had that big layoff when he went to America and he, and he went and got his hamstrings fixed and all that. And it's not like he was out of Nick when he came back, but it wasn't like he played every week as well. And he had all that sort of great match fitness behind him and, a, a, and he'd won a season's worth of battles going into the finals, you know? like So I, I really want to see... I want to see what the best version of Latrell Mitchell looks like. I want to see what... What if we really put the rubber to the road? What if we see how many revs Latrell can handle? Like, I really want to see the absolute best of him this year because if we do see that, there's not much that he can't do. So yeah. that's yeah. the... That's he, kind of, he, I think we're all in the same sort of place with him. Yeah, you're right, Cap. He craves that physical contact and that physical dominance above all else, seemingly. And I think sometimes that just gets in the one-track mind and he seems to want to do that so much. I think if you, you know, you go back to the other the other great oversized fullback is, you know, is is Inglis when he was, you know, not a skinny whippet, you know, made a great success of that. But less was more for him when he was playing fullback. Sometimes, remember, you watch games with Inglis playing and he'd be in the second half and you go, is he, is he doing anything? And then five minutes later, he scored two tries and set up another one and the game's over. You know, I'd love to see Luttrell learn to get himself to, to, to watch the tempo of the game, get a better feel for the tempo of the game, not always feel like he has to create the tempo of the game or be the tempo of the game or force the game. You know, find the spots where you can be effective, find the spots where you can inject yourself. And as we all know, in the modern game, it, it can be over in five or ten minutes. Turn, the momentum's turned, it's game over. Yeah, and... He has shown glimpses of doing that, but obviously not to the same scale that Greg Inglis has done. Um, Phil, we talked a lot about Latrell, but Cam Murray is a guy that we've not really mentioned yet. And are we entering the fan fiction <laughs> portion of the podcast? We might. So Cam, 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 and I locked eyes over a latte at Redfern uh, once. And... Yeah. He's so dreamy, isn't he? Wow. <laughs> I actually wrote a few passages I'd like to read. But, um, Do you want me to leave the room? Or? No, no. I, I, I want you to actually stare directly at me through the <laughs> through the camera whilst I read. No, but you know, yeah. Look, he is fantastic. I mean, he is everything you want in a modern NRL forward. Um, he's going to be captain for as long as he wants to be captain. Um, with him there, and I think Keon has really come on every year since he since he debuted they they've still figuring some stuff out on the other side but with those middles they've got as well i mean what are your thoughts on the forward pack as a whole we know murray's a superstar tom burgess has played the best one of his life the last couple of years keon the same damien cook still damien cook what are your sort of thoughts overall on the forward pack i mean can you make an argument that they are the best forward pack in the NRL right now especially that penrith have lost both curacao and kick out Campo, you you want to go first, mate? No, mate. This is this is the Cam Murray fan fiction hour, bro. You take it. It's true. Well, it's deep forward pack, isn't it? Like it goes beyond those guys. You know, um, you got obviously Jai Arrow, um, Sele. I haven't seen the best of Moale as well. Like I don't, you know, there's a bit of hype around him, but I'd like to see more. But I think oh, their front line, their front line campaigners are probably as good as you're going to get. I'm terrified about concussions for Cameron Murray. Um, so I think that's the big worry for me because Souths are a different team when he's on the field. Um, so, uh, look, yeah, they'd be, they'd be among the best. I think, you know, when you take in, you throw a bit of age in there, that's the big question for me. You know, they're not, uh, they're no spring chickens, a few of these blokes. And 
So that's a realistic factor for South. You're going to say, you know, Damien Cook's had a great preseason, but he's not going to play the best season of his career this year. You know, that's probably five seasons ago. So I think we've got to temper our expectations. Um, Yeah, Kalai Matangi has to lift. Murray has to not get knocked out all the time. And a few of the young guys, they need punt from the bench, don't they? Every other team's got that. South need that as well. So, like, I got to, I, I disagree with you about Damian Cook. I think we're going to have a really, I don't want to say bounce back because he had a good year last year, but I think redemption arc this is. Right, holy shit. Vanguard just started fist pumping. He just tore this his shirt off. He's, he's running around the stadium. I can't believe, I can't believe this. Next, you're going to like say something nice about Alex Johnston. Holy I love, shit. Dude, I love Damian right, continue, Cook. I'm continue. a huge fan. <laughs> anyway, so um, I've got a, I've got a story about this that's coming out uh, tomorrow or the next day. So, Hopefully you'll have all read it by then. But in case you haven't, something that I think a lot of people have missed on Damien Cook is since he sort of became Damien Cook, right? Since he sort of became one of the best hookers in the league, origin guy, test footy guy, all that sort of thing. He's never had a proper off season because he's just always been playing rep footy all the time. This time he didn't just get the the preseason, he got – the off-season into it. He's been training hard since he missed that World Cup squad and he has been training hard because that really ripped him up, missing that team and it's sort of given him another carrot at the point of his career where I think he he really needs it. So I think we can we can underrate as well how important it is for those best players to get a really good preseason. And if you look a lot of, at a lot of the really good years, a lot of players have had a lot of the time, it's because the previous year, for whatever reason, they didn't make a rep side or they didn't have to go on tour and they did get the chance just to sort of really go hard and work on themselves. So I'm expecting I'm expecting an improvement from Damian Cook. I don't know if it'll be like 2018. I don't know if that can ever happen oh, again. Can you imagine? Can you but just mm-hmm. picture in your mind's eye, Damian Cook ripping the storm apart. Dude, once that again, night but- that night when he scored that try, I turned to Pop and said, We're gonna win the comp. And I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm expecting big things from Damian Cook. And I think we're going to expect big things from Davy Moali as well. Like, I yeah. think he's the guy that can give him that that punch off the bench and can really take this forward pack to the next level. I'd still really like it if they could dig up another second row off him somewhere. Me and too. Arrow could play in the middle, but it just looks like they're not even they're not even really looking to do that anymore. So, there you go. Talking up south. My life's come to this. I am very proud of you. Um, would you like to say anything nice about Alex Johnson before I ask Phil a question? Um, scoring 30 tries a season in Vlando ball was a thing that he did, but scoring 30 tries in a season that's closer to regular footy is very impressive. And doing it back to back years is very impressive. Could Lutz or Bungard or I do it if we were on that left wing for that long? Perhaps. I don't think so. I guess we'll never know. It's the most disrespected player we'll in the know. competition. Well, that's that is that much is true. Uh, Phil, uh, Cambo mentioned Davey Moale there. There's not going to be a lot of sort of young guns bursting onto the scene in this Rabbitohs team if all goes well in 2023. But is there anybody else you've got your eye on that could perhaps come to the table in some way and contribute? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? You sort of got to, you know, some teams, um, it's pretty clear who you, you can see, even like, say, the Titans, kids like Jojo Fafita and those guys who may, might have played a bit last year and you think they're going to really improve this year. Um, you've got to kind of go digging them up for South. I think they need it, though. They need something. They need someone to come out of, I wouldn't say left field, but they, they need to find someone. Um, maybe it's Tass. Maybe it's his kid, Josiah Karapani. He's 20, so he, he's he's pretty battle-hardened um, at the lower grades. Maybe he comes in. All the, 
all the guys seem to really, really like him. I feel like every club's got a couple of those um, kicking around in the lower grades and, and it's so hard to make an impact um, when you come straight in. But it's actually unfair, isn't it? You, you know, you yeah. can't expect, you go, oh, mate, our State of Origin guys aren't going any good. Can you actually come in and be a superstar for us? So um, I think South, more than anything, need energy. And if you're going to come into the top grade, um, don't be Jackson Paulo. Try and catch the ball more more often than not. And, um, you know, less errors. Uh, that'd be terrific. So I think those guys, they just, there's no pressure on them. That They just need to go in. If they get a chance, do what they do and just play play mm. sort of um, play the way into it. He's he's not exactly a young guy, but from talking to people at the club, like Isaac Thompson is a the guy they're expecting big things out of on that right wing this year. That's his position to lose for this season. And if he stays healthy, they're hoping that he can be that sort of missing piece of the puzzle. Now that it definitely looks like they won't be getting Dominic Young, they need someone to take that spot and make it their own. Yeah, forward. big body, bigger body too, doesn't he? So pretty good out of yardage. So it's probably probably just what South South need. Yeah, yeah the, the, this guy, it, he's probably more to one to keep an eye on for 2024, but they've got this kid who's mainly going to play reserve grade this year named Terrell Colacola. Yeah. Who plays a bit of fullback, bit of wing, bit of centre. He hasn't really sort of settled into a position yet. He hasn't really grown into his body yet, but there's some serious, some serious quality there. Souths are really, really excited about him and have been for it, quite some time. I think he, he's the sort of guy, he just needs a bit of a good run of footy because he's just sort of, I think he struggled with injuries last year. The year before that, he had a concussion or two that kind of slowed him down a little bit. But wouldn't surprise me if by the end of the year, there's people saying things like, "We got to get this. We got to get this collar collar kid in the first, just to give him a taste, just to give him a look." He's he's one that South Australians should really put in the little black book. Yeah, and he was he was in that SG ball team with Davey Moale and Joseph Sawale. So yeah, big raps on him as well. Um, Phil. Uh... Before we get out of here, we'll obviously predict what we think is going to happen. I think South Sydney are going to finish second and that they are going to win the Premiership. I think they're a top four side. Easy. I think they'll beat up some of the bad teams. just like they've been doing for the last five years. Um, I think they'll make the grand final. They can definitely win it. Um, the team I'm actually terrified of this year is the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are going to be sensational this year. So I'm terrified of what they're – I think they've got a team on the up. And they were good last year. So um, They're a yeah, really good I, team. Yeah, I think they'll be a terrific footy team. Um, South, no doubt. Yeah. Absolutely. Kevin? I can't fucking believe this. I've got them second as well. Oh, my God. But I will I will buck back on the Souths are definitely going to win it and let's organise the – Parade now and maybe book a table at the Woolpack just in case. Like, I think, Kemper, you're on the wrong episode, mate. <laughs> <laughs> just, no, no, I, I've, I've got him second because, like you say, Lance, I think they'll be able to beat up on other teams really, really well. Like, they're, they're, what they do well is so established and they are so good at it that I have no doubt that Walker and Latrell and Cook are just going to roll out and whoop a bunch of teams all the time. I don't know if they've if they're going to find the thing or if they've found the thing that can mm. take them from prelim purgatory to yeah out and out slam dunk premiership winners, and it wouldn't shock me. This isn't get a right. This isn't to get a rise out of here. It wouldn't shock me if there's another prelim loss. Oh no! You know, and they play someone like the Panthers or like the Roosters who have something in them that's a little bit more fully formed. They find that that they find that thing and Souths aren't quite there yet. I definitely think Souths are in the mix. Yeah. But if I, I there are a couple of teams I like more than them to 
yeah that's totally fair my like my main thing is as i said at the very start of the show is not so much that i think south are going to do anything better it's just that i think that everybody else around them bar the roosters got worse and that can be just as powerful so yeah all right uh phil before we get out of here anything to promote oh promote well i'll tell you what on another note in my new role uh, as a gun for hire mm. i am working with rowing australia so make sure you guys just follow all things rowing this year at camp they just did a crossover with the canberra raiders they oh. just had them at the um at the men's center in canberra where they had a little row off and the, you, girl, the, women's, the women's center is just down the road from panther stadium out there on the beautiful nepean river so there's rugby league crossovers everywhere mate it is the new um super league no what it's a new <laughs> Mate, it's, it is the, it is the sport on the rise just get amongst your rowing sport of the future so did you, at, at, at this launch did did you get to talk to the guy who screamed canberra raiders to fire himself up as he was rowing for that gold in tokyo oh yeah that's don't waste all my good stories because i need to build them up towards parrots so um, I'll um, <laughs> you send me a media request. I'll see if I can uh, <laughs> see if I can see what I can do. Shout out to my quadruple skulls out there. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Thanks, boys. Love it. All right, say goodbye, Phil. See you guys. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. Say goodbye, Campo. I need to go take a shower. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>